Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 188. You know, our expectations can cause us a lot of disappointment and heartache because we look to people to be a certain way and respond to us in a particular way. And in a sense, it's like meet our requirements. And, and when they don't, our relationships will often falter and sometimes they'll, they'll simply end. It's like, I really don't want to spend time with this person anymore or with this group anymore. And chances are, if you, if you no longer see someone or you're no longer part of a group, it's because at some level your expectations weren't met. It's like, yeah, she's not really who I thought she was. Or, yeah, that group, that, that company, that wasn't what I thought it was. That job, that was nothing like I thought it was going to be. And then something ends, right? Part of life. Now, these expectations... And I don't necessarily think that we admit to these things or say them out loud, but they can powerfully guide us. And what we do in our everyday relationships with people, we can easily transfer into our spiritual lives, our emotional lives. For example, if we want those around us, if if we want the people closest to us to support us and love us and help us and and give us what we need to a certain extent, we can unconsciously or consciously project all of that onto God. And we can enter into our spiritual lives with, "I, I want God to help me and give me what I need. I want God to give me what I need. Now, the problem with this is, (laughs) is that Jesus never promised to give us what we need or what we think we need. That's a better way of saying it. Jesus never promised to give us what we think we need. He said, I'm going to give you something, but I'm going to give you freedom because that's really... When you get right down to it, Jesus taught, this is really what you need. Now you might, or we might think we need lots of different things, but Jesus said, you know, here's the thing. I have come that you might have life. And if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. I'm all about freedom, he's saying. I have come to set you free. And and that freedom is very, very different than, you know, God, you know, gives me what I think I need. I mean, even the whole idea of why would, why would I even need freedom? I mean, I'm already free, right? Well, Jesus teaches not so fast. You're not quite as free as you think you are. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, this whole idea of God isn't there to give us what we think we need, 
But God is far more interested in releasing us into the full freedom that we were intended to live. You know, we all want to be happy and we want to be fulfilled and we want to be healthy and we want, we want to have enough of all the things that are, that are important to us, like money, for example, or fulfilling work or something worthwhile to do in retirement or good relationships with our family, our friends. And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of these things. But it's not really, when you look at Jesus' teaching, it's not his first concern. It's certainly not the first concern. The first concern is all about inner freedom which looks a lot like peace, actually. It looks a lot like peace, which we can probably get behind that easier than the word freedom. It's freedom from all the things that you think will give you a good life, but in the end they don't. That's what Jesus is interested in, because we tend to think that certain things are going to work for us, and they're going to give us what we need, and oftentimes we are disappointed in that. It's a bit of a letdown. So if you're interested in God, you know, if you're interested in comfort and God, so to speak, is interested in freedom, we are at odds with each other. We're not on the same page. And this is what can happen in our spiritual lives. We want one thing we want our life to look one way, and, and God is working in an entirely different area. And this is what happened to Jesus' disciples time and time and time again. There's this massive big misunderstanding between Jesus and his disciples, his students. Because on more, th more than one occasion, Jesus' students watch him, they listen to his advice, they listen to his teaching, and then they end up shaking their head and saying, no, we, we don't want to do that. Remember we looked at that last week with Peter? Well, this is the follow-up passage from that. And in this, in this uh, section of Matthew, we're in, this is the book of Matthew, in this section, Jesus is teaching on a concept that many of us are somewhat unfamiliar with, and it's a, it's a teaching on denial. And Jesus gives this teaching on denial, and we have a perfect example in this teaching of how our expectations can be very, very different than from what Jesus models for us. I mean, we can be completely in the wrong page when it comes to what God is doing in our lives. So here's the line that I'm going to look at. The line is that Jesus said, the teaching is, if anybody is interested in following me, then you have to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow. Now, with a line like that, we don't use any of that language anymore. And so it takes a, quite a lot of unpacking before it's clear to us. I mean, first of all, it sounds 
most unappealing, especially to us here in North America, that whole word deny, deny yourself, I mean, that is so countercultural to us, isn't it, for the most part? Doesn't it sound particularly appealing? And it's also a little bit confusing when he says, if anybody's interested in follow me, following me, you have to deny yourself. And it's like, okay, well, what in the world am I supposed to deny? What does deny mean? I'm giving up something? What am I supposed to be giving up? What, what, am, I, what am I supposed to be leaving behind or giving up? And for us, many times denial has a lot of negative baggage attached to it. And for Jesus, there's nothing negative about this at all, by the way. This is, this is all a part of, if you really want life, this is how you're going to get it. There's nothing negative about this. God's not in the business of uh, taking away anything good from us. I don't know where we pick that up, uh, but certainly Jesus' teaching, God has no interest at all in taking away something that is good and lovely and life-giving and meaningful and worthwhile. What kind of God would that be? That's crazy, right? So, denial. The context of the story is, and this is we're still, this is still uh, with Peter from last week. Con context is, and this is a really, really common, common experience that we all had. By the way, if I'm talking about Peter or any of the disciples, I'm not simply just talking about Peter. I'm talking about the human experience. So when we look at something in Scripture and we say, "Here's the conversation between Peter and Jesus." It's really not simply about a conversation that Jesus had with a man called Peter 2,000 years ago. What it is, is, is that what we see Peter do is something that everyone does. It's very common to people. So the context is, Let's say, let's bring it right up to date. Someone has an idea. Someone has a sense of direction. Somebody in the family wants to do something and you disagree. That's a common experience, right? Any household, any extended family, any relationship at work with your children, uh, you think, here's the plan. I think this will work. This is what we're going to do. And then someone else says, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want to do it that way. I think that we should do it this way. Okay, this is the context of the, of the conversation between Peter and Jesus. And the short story is, because we looked at this in depth last week, the short story is, is that Peter, one of Jesus' right-hand men, was doing the dis disagreeing. And he's disagreeing with the direction that Jesus wants to take. I'll not go into all of that just now, but basically Jesus is saying, we need to move on from here. We've got some things that we have to take care of. 
We need to go to Jerusalem. It's not going to be that easy. It's going to involve a lot of hardship, but this is, this is something important that we need to do. And immediately, Peter starts to resist the plan. So that's the context. And so they're arguing. And right after that, Jesus said, listen. And he says this to everyone. There's, he says the line. So after they have this argument about what to do, Jesus said, look, if anyone is interested in following me, you have to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow. You have to learn how to do this. You have to learn how to deny yourself. And then he says something fascinating. Then he says, and when you do that, when you learn how to deny yourself, you will save your life. In other words, the benefits to you personally and those around you are incomprehensible. This is a real life changer. Here and now, we're not talking about the next life. We're talking about here and now, he's saying, if you can learn how to deny yourself, and we'll go into what this means a little bit later, if you can learn what it means to deny yourself, it is going to give you so much life. It is going to give you so much joy. It's going to, it's going to give you so much freedom that it is a complete life changer. But you've got to learn how to deny yourself. Now, obviously, he's talking about, when he's talking about denying ourselves, he's obviously talking about something more than having another cookie, right? He's obviously talking about more than having another, too many biscuits or buying another pair of shoes or whatever little treat that you do, <laughs> right, that you think later, I probably shouldn't have done that. No, I don't think that's really significant at all and I don't think that that's what Jesus is talking about but what he is saying is to Peter he's saying Peter and you other students and everyone else down throughout the ages this is a big deal learning how to deny yourself is a big deal because in order for Peter to follow he has to change the way that he hears and responds to Jesus' words. And, and we saw this last week. The reason, by the way, that Peter didn't want to follow Jesus to Jerusalem was because he was scared. So in the context, Jesus is saying, Peter, you need to deny that or disown that or not have your fear completely take over and rule your life. Yeah. So when he's talking about denial, he's talking about identifying things in our lives like fear or anxiety or worry or discouragement, or anger, whatever it would be, something that's, that really doesn't serve us well and drags us down. He's saying, you know what? In order to follow, 
the fear or the worry or the anxiety cannot lead. You can't follow two sources, one or the other. You know, talking about fear and worry, have you noticed that when you think about your life and when you think, when you have, you're, you, when you haven't really made the right decision, when you've taken a wrong direction, you think back and you think, yeah, that, that wasn't the right thing to say. Or you look back, oh, you know, that wasn't the right thing to do. Or I shouldn't have gotten involved with, with that person. That was really the wrong person. Or that was not the right job or whatever. When you, when you look back, many times we do or say something because we're motivated by fear. Now, it might not be obvious, but if you start to poke below the surface, it's often anxiety that leads. And when we're led by anxiety, maybe anxiety is a better word than fear, when, when anxiety leads, such a powerful, powerful energy too, it can make us say and do things that we normally wouldn't do. And Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, we've got to address this or you're going to keep making the same mistakes and lack good judgment over and over again. Anytime you get anxious about something, anytime you get apprehensive about something, you're not going to want to move ahead. So I'm telling you now, you have to learn how to have that anxiety take second lead. You know, it's like your phone when it goes crazy and you have to reboot the whole thing. Like it needs to restart. You know, when you, or your iPad or whatever, you know, when it gets all confused, it's like you got to just close it whole, you got to close it down. We need a whole new way of addressing this. Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm calling this denial. When you learn how to deny yourself, you are going to save your life. This is a lifesaver. It's an absolute lifesaver. For Peter, when he's uh, interfering with Jesus and correcting Jesus, he's just led by worry. That's all he's doing. He's, oh, we can't go to Jerusalem. We can't do that. That's a terrible idea. No, he's just worried. And there's nothing worse than getting advice that's based on just worry, right? Nothing worse. And it's understandable because he doesn't want any harm to come to Jesus. And so he makes it clear to Jesus that, you know, if, if, if we're talking about going to Jerusalem and if you can be hurt in any way, this can never, ever happen. So he wants to protect Jesus. And that's not unreasonable. He wants, he has a good heart in some ways. You know, he wants to protect him. But Jesus is saying, you know, you have to drop the anxiety. I understand you want to protect me, but you living this way, completely taken over and driven by anxiety, there is no life in this for you, Peter. You'll never experience 
the life that I have for you. Yeah, it's, it's not, not easy, you know, it's not easy to watch our motive. Many of us can relate to Peter, right? Peter's going to have to learn how to have that anxiety, not push him into everything he says and does. Because Jesus is saying, you're not called to follow anxiety. You're called to follow me. So who are you listening to? What voice are you listening to? Because if you're listening to the voice of worry all the time and all the horrible things that could happen, then you're not listening to what I'm saying. So there's a choice here, Peter. Yeah, worry can be a subtle thing or not, or not. You know, I mean, sometimes it's not subtle at all. You know, it could be in a relationship, I'm worried that I'll lose you, so I don't know. Maybe I'll never really be that open and vulnerable with you because you might not like how I think and how I really am. Or I'm worried that you won't need me and so I'm... there's a part of me that wants to keep you dependent because if you're not dependent on me, then who would I be without you? Mm. Not very good, but it's common, isn't it? Or I'm worried that you won't like me, so I'll never, ever correct you. That's a common one, isn't it, with parents and children. I want my kids to really like me, so I, I don't want to correct them. Yeah. And I'm worried that I won't be of use to anyone, so I can't stop helping people all the time because who would I be if I wasn't? There's a million ways that worry can lead. And Jesus is saying, and this is just in terms of one thing, Jesus is saying, no, that, that has to be, you, you have to learn how to deny these parts of you that are so very unhelpful. And by deny, it's, it's more a case of, it's not like we'll never, ever worry again. It's more a case of being able to tease apart what's leading and what isn't leading. Because we're human, so we're always going to have worry, right? Uh, some of us might not be led by worry. Some of us might be led by guilt, right? So we do things because we're guilty, Uh, And we say things because we feel guilty. And uh, we're sort of led by that impetus. Jesus would say the same thing with the guilt. Uh, You're not called to follow guilt. Some of us might be led more from anger. It's the same thing. Fear, worry, anger... You know, envy, control is the biggest one. No, 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 Jesus is saying no. I, 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 you need to learn how, that needs to take second place. So that control, yeah, that causes you a lot of suffering. And just ask those around you because it will cause them suffering too. That can't lead. If you want to follow me, then you have to go my way. And you have to learn how to deny yourself and pick up your cross 
and follow. And by the way, that whole phrase, you know, you learn, learning how to pick up your cross, it's, it's just simply the idea of um, dropping my agenda, dropping my idea, and seeing what is God's way. And it's always the way that leads to health. It's always the way that leads to healing. It's always the way that leads to freedom. So if it leads to health, if it leads to inner freedom, which is peace, if it leads to goodness and freedom and you are more of who you were meant to be, it's God. If it diminishes you, it's not God. That's one of the easy ways to know what is of God and what isn't of God. Are you becoming more free? Are, are you getting more peace? Are you, you know, is, is it helping you grow and be strong? Or is it diminishing you? If it's diminishing you, it's not God. So that's why we know that guilt, for example, which is something that a lot of people are plagued by, we know that that isn't from God. You know, because that, that, that doesn't help you in any way, does it? Doesn't help our relationships, doesn't help us. I'll do this for you, because if I don't, I'll feel guilty. It's like, really? Is that the way you want to live, Jesus would say? Yeah, but if I don't, then I'll feel guilty. It's like, well, that's giving guilt way too much power. You're not called to listen to the voice of guilt. Jesus is saying, do you want to follow me? Okay, what is it going to be? Do you want to follow me or do you want to follow guilt? If you want to follow guilt, fair enough, follow guilt. But if you want to follow me, that's not the way that I am, right? I don't lead that way. I don't lead that way. So you can, you can drop that. You can disown it. You don't have to take it all so seriously. The guilt, you know, no, you don't have to listen to that. You don't have to take it all so seriously. That's not the last word. That doesn't have the authority. The whole idea of authority, by the way, it's just so worthwhile to sit and think about, okay, what has authority for me? I mean, who or what has authority? Do I listen to what I think is true, which could be the voice of guilt, or am I going to listen to what God says? And God says, I, I'm, I don't lead with guilt. I don't lead that way. That's not for me. You pick that up somewhere else. That's not for me. Yeah, when we're on automatic pilot, we, we do what our natural default is. You know, if my, if my default is to always feel guilty, whatever I pick that up, maybe from a family of origin, maybe from my childhood, who knows where we pick up these unhelpful habits. If, uh, if my default is guilt, that's gonna be my first reflex. Um, for Peter, it was anxiety. It doesn't really matter what ours is. Jesus would say, you don't have to follow that. We can work on this together, that this does not have to have 
the hold on you that it has today. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Do you know that following me is about walking into greater freedom? It's always, always about walking in to greater freedom. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. So that's, that's where God is coming from. So it's just worthwhile. Well, is that, is that my expectation? You know? I don't think that Peter ex- expected this at all. I don't think he was thinking about more inner freedom. I mean, he's in a, he's in a completely different place. And Jesus is saying, Peter, you listening? We're on the same page, right? We want the same thing, right? I'm saying that you have to learn how to give up on these thoughts, ideas, habits of the mind that are making you crazy. You're, You're worrying too much. You're not trusting. Yeah, that's what we have to work on, Peter. Denying all these things that in the long run don't bring you life because I'm the one who brings you life. And so that becomes the, the prayer and the heart cry. It's like, yeah, I would like this freedom too. And it's like that's, what, that's exactly what God is doing in our lives. That is exactly how God is working to, to bring us into greater freedom. And that becomes the prayer and the heart cry. It's like, yeah. Okay, even though it isn't easy, ultimately, I want, I want this freedom. Help me. Help me to make this freedom a reality in my life. It's the heart cry. The heart cry. Thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.